I remember singing that song after June 29th, and you know that song took on almost new meaning because, because we did literally see the mountains move, did we not? We saw the mountains move. We saw God do amazing things, do great things. And you know what? He's still doing great things. He's still doing great things in our midst, great things Great things around the world. He's greater than Dorian. Okay, let's establish that. He's greater than Dorian. That happens to be about to come up the East Coast. And, you know, we need to be praying. Praying for those. This, should be, this may be a very interesting week for very many. For very many. That this, um, whatever, whatever this storm happens to do. You know what, you know what I've, I've uh, and I'm not, I'm not bashing weather, weather people at all. They have a tough job to try to, to try to figure all these things out, but, but what, you, what you realize is that, you know what? God is God and we are not when it comes to, when it comes to all of this. So uh, be praying for the folks in Florida, Georgia, South Carolina, North Carolina, and right on up to wherever this thing's going to go and whatever impact it's going to have. And uh, praise God for um, that Vision Virginia offering does give towards disaster relief does give towards um, the efforts to take care of people after a disaster has come, and whatever that means, whatever that means, whether, it, whether it's in uh, tree removal, whether it's in mud out from floods, whether it's in uh, feeding a bunch of people, whatever that happens to be, uh, that's one part of Vision Virginia and what it does. And, you, you know, it's not only for the state of Virginia, um, because disaster relief gets deployed all over the country, wherever, and outside of the country, actually. So wherever they are needed, they are deployed. Turning your Bible to the book of Philemon. The book of Philemon comes after Titus. Comes after the book of Titus. Let's, a a one-chapter book. A one-chapter book written by Paul. It is one of his prison epistles. It is, believed, it is believed that he wrote it while in Rome. That he wrote it in 60 A.D. So as we walk through this, you're going to, you're going to see some... You're going to see some more of the story even after... After Paul got to Rome as a prisoner, as a prisoner, and some of the people that were with him, that were with him in that place. This is a, um, this book is packed, packed with things. So let's, um, let's read it, and then let's get into it. Paul, a prisoner of Christ Jesus, and Timothy, our brother. To Philemon, our beloved friend and fellow laborer. To the beloved Aphia, Archippus, our fellow soldier, and to the church in your house. Grace to you and peace from God, our Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God, making mention of you always in my prayers. Hearing of your love and faith which you have toward the Lord Jesus and toward all the saints that the sharing of your faith may become effective by the acknowledgement of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. 
For we have great joy and consolation in your love, because the hearts of the saints have been refreshed by you, brother. Therefore, though I might be very bold in Christ to command you what is fitting, yet for love's sake I rather appeal to you, being such a one as Paul the aged, and now also a prisoner of Jesus Christ. I appeal to you for my son Onesimus, whom I have begotten while in my chains, who once was unprofitable to you, but now is profitable to you and to me. I am sending him back. You therefore receive him, that is my own heart, whom I wish to keep with me, that on your behalf he might minister to me in my chains for the gospel. But without your consent, I wanted to do nothing that your good deed might not be by compulsion, as it were, but voluntary. For perhaps he departed for a while for this purpose that you might receive him forever, no longer as a slave, but more than a slave, a beloved brother, especially to me, but how much more to you, both in the flesh and in the Lord. If you now count me as a partner, receive me, receive him as you would me. But if he has wronged you or owes anything, put that on my account. I, Paul, am writing with my own hand. I will repay, not to mention to you that you owe me even your own self besides. Yes, brother, let me have joy from you in the Lord. Refresh my heart in the Lord. Having confidence in your obedience, I write to you knowing that you will do even more than I say. But meanwhile, also prepare a guest room for me, for I trust that through your prayers I shall be granted to you. Epaphras, my fellow prisoner in Christ Jesus, greets you. As do Mark, Aristarchus, Demas, Luke, my fellow laborers. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. Amen. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Dear most precious Heavenly Father, Lord, we love, honor, and praise you. Father, we lift this time up to you. Father, we ask that you would illuminate your word for us, that we would learn all that we can from this, one of Paul's prison epistles, this letter to Philemon. Father, we just, we lift up the people in the path of Dorian. Father, we pray over those in the Bahamas. We pray over those along the East Coast. Father, we, we know that you could steer this thing out to sea. Lord, we just trust you with our very lives. And Lord, we, we lift up those that are in need of a touch from you. Lord, as Josh's mom goes to Duke this week, Father, we lift her up. Lift up Josh's dad as they... As they travel there, I lift up Jim and Jan as they go to Duke this week. Lord, and just praying over each one, Father, that you'll touch them in a special way. Father, we love, we honor, we praise you. All this your most precious and holy name. Amen. All right, so this is a letter to Philemon. Who's Philemon? Philemon was a wealthy slave owner. Okay, a wealthy slave owner is who this who this person was, but there's, but there's something, and, and you know, we, uh, we, in our hard things discussions this summer, we, we had one on, is the Bible pro-slavery? 
what does the Bible have to say about slavery? And by the way, I want to say right here in front of everybody, thank you, Josh, for all the work that you put in to this summer and that discipleship series. What a great series it was. And it's, and it's interesting, it's interesting where this, where this story goes, where this letter, where this letter goes. So Paul is, Paul is writing, Paul is writing, now he's, he's a prisoner, he's a prisoner as he's writing this, and, and he's writing, and they, and they believe, they said he could have been in Caesarea, but the chances were better that he was in Rome as this got written. Okay, so, so he's writing to actually a group of people here, he's not only writing to Philemon, He's writing to Aphia, and who is Aphia? Aphia is Philemon's wife. And then Archippus, Philemon's son. Okay, and then, and then to the church in his house. So there was a church meeting in Philemon's house. And, we, and that last part over here, we, we realize, and I'll say it again in a moment, but Paul is the one who shared Christ with Philemon. Paul is the one who shared Christ with Philemon, probably in another place, in another place, and he came back. And this is the church, by the way, if you want to know which church this is, this is the church in Colossae. This is the Colossian church that's meeting, that's meeting in Philemon's house. Okay, so, so as we... As we walk through this, we want to make sure we know who everybody is and, and to understand and to understand what is going on here. Because, because you see, Philemon becomes a different person, becomes a different person because he has Christ in his life. You see, you see, when we when we when we think about slavery. And, we, and when we try to address that in, 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 our, discussion, in our discussion about it, you, you know, asking, asking, you know, is the Bible pro-slavery? Was slavery okay? You know, there were evils in slavery. There were evils from the very beginning of slavery. There were evils in that. And the Bible, and the Bible has, sought, has sought to deal with the evils of slavery by changing people's hearts. By changing people's hearts. Jesus changes people's hearts. In other words, Jesus can change the heart of a slave owner just like Jesus can change the heart of a slave. Jesus can change the heart of anyone. Jesus can change a heart that is hardened, that is hardened beyond um, what we believe could, could change. But Jesus can change that. The gospel, the gospel changes that. So let's look at that. Let's look at that. Philemon as a brother in Christ. Philemon as a brother in Christ. Now, look at, look at what it says. I thank God making mention of you always in my prayers. Paul is always praying, is always praying for someone. And, and he's saying that, he's, that, you know, I'm praying for you, Philemon. I'm praying for you always. Since you have become a, a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, I'm praying for you. Hearing of your love and faith which you have toward the Lord Jesus and toward all the saints. Now that word love, that is actually that word agape love. That is that love that, on, that we can only get from Jesus. The love that can only come from Jesus. And, 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 look, at, and look at what the testimony, this is a testimony of who Philemon is. A testimony of who Philemon has become. That the sharing of your faith may become effective by the acknowledgement of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. And that sharing there is the word koinonia. 
that word fellowship. That word fellowship, in other words, in other words, not only are you sharing your, fee, your faith with people, you are sharing your life with people. Do you understand what this, what this means? This, this, is a, this is a sharing of one's life. I tell you this, if you open your home up to a church, to meet in your home, if you open your home up for a community group to meet in your home, that's a big deal. That's a big deal to do that. Now, it's, it's a very, it, it should have a very servant quality to it. It should have a very servant mindset to it. But, but, I tell you, but I tell you, when you open your home up, you know what you're opening up, in a sense? You're opening up your life. You're opening up your life for people to come and join you in life. The good, the bad, the ugly. Whatever that looks like, that's what, that's what you're opening up when you, when you have people into your home. When you have people into your home. And when your home becomes a church, when your home becomes the house church, when it becomes the hub, when it becomes the center, how much of it is your home? I remember when I went to Virginia Beach. When I went to Virginia Beach after that horrific shooting. I remember going into the fire station that was right around, right in the front of the building where all of that took place. And we walked in there, and, and of course, um, it was very fitting. All, the, all of the firefighters on duty that day were sitting at the table, sitting at the kitchen table. Now, they weren't sitting at the kitchen table eating, although there was plenty of food. But they were sitting there, and um, anyhow, we walk in. They have no idea who we are. They have no idea who we are. We're, we're, we're a peer support group. And, and we walk in there, and, and what they did was they said, okay, let me just tell the, the guy that must have been the um, officer in charge that day. He said, okay, let, let me, let me lay, lay this out for you. He had no idea who we were. He said, if you need to just go in a room and shout a little bit, scream a little bit, get to yourself, it's that room. If you need um, a restroom, a shower, anything like that, down the hall and on the right. If you need a bunk room, if you need a bed to sleep in, then the bunk room is all the way down at the end of the hall, and it'll be the room with the beds in it. Okay? And, and, he, said, and he said, you're welcome to anything we got. You're welcome to anything we got. Because what, you know what he realized? With all that was going on and everybody that was coming through, it won't their house. It wasn't their house. And I, and I tell you this, that in this kind of setting, Philemon's house really wasn't their house, was it? It was God's house. It was God's house where, where, a, church, where a church was held. And, and it's a big deal. It's a big deal. And, and, and you know what? Your life is kind of laid out there. Your life is kind of, you, you could have, yes, you could have had a bad day. You could have had a bad day. And you can put on a happy face. You know what? You can put on a happy face, and you can, you can dress up all nicely and all this kind of stuff, but every once in a while, every once in a while, your life just kind of flows out. What's going on in your life just kind of flows out. But you know what? What a testimony Paul has given of this guy Philemon. Hearing your love and faith, which you have toward the Lord Jesus and toward all the saints. You know, the saints are the believers. The saints are the ones that... that um, are a part of the church. The saints are the ones that may not necessarily be a part of the church, but the, the ones, and, and that the sharing of your faith may become effective. Because see, what's about to come, what's about to come is a big deal. 
What's about to come in this letter? And oh, by the way, this letter is not only to Philemon. You understand that, right? This letter is to Philemon. This letter is to Philemon's wife. This letter is to Philemon's son. This letter is to the church that's meeting in Philemon's house. This letter will actually, they will stand up and they will read this letter to the church. What's that about? What, what's it about when somebody reads a letter like this to the church? It's about accountability. It's about accountability. Okay? So, for we have great joy and consolation in your love. You, you know what? Folks know about you. Folks know about you on the other side of the world. I'll just tell you that. Folks know, folks know about you on the other side of the world. They know what kind of church what kind of church this is. They know, they, know, they know who we are. They know things about us in other parts of the world, in other parts of the world, and, and we may not have laid eyes on them before. Okay? They, they know. And that's what Paul is saying to his brother Philemon here in the church at Colossae. And by the way, Paul did not plant the church at Colossae, but... Paul planted the church at Colossae. Okay, I'm going to explain that. I'm going to explain that in a bit as to, as to how that can happen. That Paul didn't plant it, yet Paul planted the church at Colossae. Okay, so we're going to go on. Therefore, though I might be very bold in Christ to command you what is fitting. In other words, me as an apostle, me as an apostle, I have authority. I have authority to tell you to do this. I have authority to tell you to do this. And by the way, and by the way, being the one, being the one that is, in a sense, your father in the faith, I can do this. But, yet for love's sake, I would rather appeal to you. I would rather ask you and let you make the right choice. I would rather ask you and let you make the right choice. People have a hard time with authority. You understand that? People have a hard time with authority. And by the way, please do me a favor. Teach your children and your grandchildren to, have to, to fall under authority. To fall under authority in their life. And oh, by the way, the first, set, the first um, piece of authority is to their parents. Okay? To their parents, to their, to their grandparents, to their teachers. And it goes on up. We will always fall under authority. To God's authority. Of course to God's authority. It says, yet, for love's sake, I would rather appeal to you, being such a one as Paul the agent. Now, you know what? This one kind of hits close to home. Paul's, Paul's calling himself old, in a matter of speaking. He's probably 60 years old. Okay, that almost hurts. That almost hurts. I'm 59. I'll be 60 on the next one. Okay? And uh, I don't... I, sometimes I feel older than other times, but I don't necessarily feel that I'm aged. But, but here's the thing. You've got to think about Paul's life. Okay, you've got to think about Paul's life. Of, of all that he's gone through since he became a believer. Since he became a believer. He's been run out of places. He's been stoned and beaten. He, he was shipwrecked. And, and all of these things. He, you, you've, run in, you've run into people. I know you've run into people that you think that they're this age, and then you find out they're this age, and you wonder, wow, what happened? <laughs> what happened? And, but, but 
Paul saying, being such, such a one as Paul the aged, and now also a prisoner of Jesus Christ. In other words, all these places that he's been a prisoner and all these kind of things that have ha happened to him, you know, that could age a man. That could age a person. I appeal to you for my son Onesimus. You know what Onesimus means? Useful. It's pretty interesting. His name means useful. And yet, and yet here, he says, whom I have begotten while in my chains. Now, you know what that means? Paul also led him to Christ. Paul also led him to Christ. Okay, not only did he lead Philemon, the slave owner, to Christ... He led Onesimus, the slave, to Christ. Okay? And, and so, and, and by the way, Paul knows what Hebrew law is concerning an escaped slave. If you go to Deuteronomy 23, 15, 16, you see one of the laws concerning an escaped slave. And the law concerning an escaped slave is that you don't send him back. You don't turn him in. You don't turn him in to his slave owner or master. You allow him to live with you. You allow him to stay with you. Okay, so you got to get a little understanding of, of how, that, how that plays in. Now, you got to also remember Roman law concerning fugitive slaves. Roman law concerning fugitive slaves was that they could be caught and they could be killed. That they could be caught and killed. That was the Roman law concerning fugitive slaves. And there were also these people running around called slave catchers. They were slave catchers. They did that for, they did that for profit. So they were going around trying to catch fugitive slaves and take them back to their masters. So you see all this going on? A lot going on here. I appeal to you for my son Onesimus. Whom I have begotten while in my chains. You know what? In, in other words, he's a child of God. He, he, is, he is a born-again believer. He is a different man. He is a different man than, than once was at your house. Okay? And, and it says, who once was unprofitable to you. Now, you know what that... Now, it's kind of funny. Onesimus' name means useful, and yet he, Paul is saying he was probably unprofitable to you. There's a good chance that when Onesimus escaped, that he probably stole from his slave master that he probably stole from him so that he could pay for his travel to wherever he was going, okay? So, so there was a good chance that he stole from his slave master as he, as he, left, as he left that place. So, but now is profitable to you and to me. What, what changed? What changed? Onesimus came to know Jesus. Philemon came to know Jesus. Their lives are different. Or let's put it this way. Their lives should be different. Our lives, when we come to Christ, should be different. Things that make no sense to the world should make perfect sense to us. Do you understand what I'm saying? Things that make absolutely no sense to the world should make perfect sense to us. And so, and so here it is. I am sending him back to you. I am sending him back to you. Do, you. do you understand how big of a deal this is? Okay, because Hebrew law says you don't send a slave back to his slave master after he's escaped. You don't send him back. 
In fact, you house him. But see, Paul's saying, I'm not sending a slave back to you. I'm sending a messenger. I'm sending a brother in Christ back to you. I'm sending a brother in Christ back to you to deliver a message to you. You therefore receive him. That is my heart. That is my own heart. Because Onesimus was ministering to Paul as a prisoner. Onesimus was ministering to Paul as a prisoner and was, and was good for him and was helpful to him, whom I wish to keep with me that on your behalf he might minister to me in my chains for the gospel. You know, because they allowed Paul's friends to be with him. They allowed these folks to be with him. But without your consent, this is Paul talking to Philemon, but without your consent, I wanted to do nothing that your good, good deed might not be by compulsion, as it were, but voluntary. In other words, I don't want you to do it because I'm telling you to do it. I don't want you to do it for that reason. I want you to do it because you know that it is right in the Lord to do this. I want you to do this voluntarily. You, you know, there's, there, it's, one thing, it's one thing to give an order. It's one thing to give an order and to take an order, isn't it? One thing to be given an order. It's another thing, it's another thing to, do, to do it simply because you know it's the right thing to do. To just do it, to just do it knowing that, that you know what? There's nothing coming in return. It's just the right thing to do. And then he says this about Onesimus. For perhaps he departed for a while for this purpose. Now this is kind of interesting the way Paul puts this. That you might receive him forever... No longer as a slave, but more than a slave, a beloved brother. That Onesimus would steal from his slave master, leave his slave master, and go with the intent of one day returning. With the intent of one day returning. And then it says, especially to me, but how much more to you, both in the flesh and in the Lord. In other words, do you realize, do you realize how big of a deal this is, Philemon? Do you realize how big of a deal it is to receive this man who was once your slave, but now as a brother in Christ? To receive him as a brother in Christ and to receive him with love and compassion, with the love of Jesus, to receive him in a way, you know what? You know what? All the other slave owners, they're not going to understand. Okay? All the, others, all the others that think you should do one thing and yet you do another, they're not going to understand. But that's what happens when Jesus gets a, gets a hold of our life. That's what happens when Jesus has control of our life. You see, what this, what this story is about, this story is about forgiveness. This story is about forgiveness. Philemon needed to forgive someone. Onesimus needed forgiveness. And yet, I, I'm not sure where you may find yourself in that, in that. Maybe you're one who needs to give forgiveness. Maybe you're one who needs forgiveness. But whatever it, but whatever it is, that's what this is all about. This is all about forgiveness. If then you count me as a partner, another time where that word koinonia, koinonos, 
Quinonos comes into it. And oh, by the way, let, let, let me go back. Let me go back because I, I want to give, um, you, you know, we talked, about, we talked about the different words for slaves. And, 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 one of the, um, and one of the words, and one of the words, you, you know, there were slaves and then there were indentured servants. I did listen, Josh. You know, there were, there, there were these, that, and, and an indentured servant was one who was there voluntarily, voluntarily trying to pay back a debt of some kind. Okay? And, and, but that's not, I don't think that was the relationship here. I don't think it was the indentured servant relationship here. I think it was, uh, and, and the word they use is that Greek word doulos, that Greek word doulos, which is just the Greek word for slave, Greek word for slave, okay? But then we get to this word, if you count me as a partner, receive me as you would, receive him as you would me, receive him as you would me. So if you count me a partner, and, and that cleanliness with that koinonia, again, if, you, if we are partakers together in this work, if we are partakers together in this work, then, then you know what? Then you receive him as you would receive me. As he comes to you, you receive him in that way. Now, remember who this letter is being read to. Not only Philemon, Philemon's wife, Philemon's son, and the church. In other words, Philemon... What are you going to do? What are you going to do with all of this? This is a letter of accountability. This is a letter of accountability of, of what, will you, what will you do? What has Jesus done in your heart? What has Jesus done in your life? But if he has wronged you or owes anything, put that on my account. In other words, Paul says, I'll pay it. Whatever the amount. Whatever the amount, I'll pay it. See, that's how much, that's how much Paul cares about both of these men. Cares for both of these. Is that, you know what, he's willing to pay the debt. What does that sound like? Who does that sound like? Did Jesus not pay a debt for you and I? Did Jesus not pay a sin debt for you and I? You know, Paul says, imitate me as I imitate Christ. Imitate me as I imitate Christ. And, you, and, and, you, and, and he's, trying, he's, trying to live out, he's trying to live out his faith in the midst of this as well. I, Paul, am writing with my own hand. I will repay. In other words, I'll pay that debt. I'll pay that debt. Not to mention to you that you owe me even more your own self besides. In other words, Philemon, I shared Christ with you. Now, I'm not there yet to tell you how Paul, how Paul might have planted and didn't plant the church at Colossae. But anyway, but, but, again, but again, he has shared Christ with Philemon. Philemon is, Philemon is special to Paul. I hope that the people that you have shared Christ with in your life, and you have seen them come to a saving knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ, that they're special to you. And that you're still praying for them. And that you're still, and that, and that you, you know what? You're still willing to mentor and you're still willing to walk alongside of and you're still willing, you're still willing to do whatever it means to be Jesus in their life. To be the hands and feet of Jesus in their life. Having confidence in your obedience, having confidence in your obedience, I write to you knowing that you will do even more than I say. Now, you know something, I've got to go back to something here. I've got to go back to something. 
You see, we for a, the better part of a year, if not more, I think it was a year and probably five, five months, we dealt with the Petersburg Baptist Association. We dealt with them over a deed of release for this land that we sit upon or stand upon, however you want to look at it. And, and that was a long and arduous journey. A lot of discussion. I went to more, more Petersburg Baptist Association meetings than most of their members go to in a solid year. I just, I know that. Okay? And, but but here's, the, here's the thing. Do you know this is what I was looking for? I was looking for in that. Because we got to a point, we got to a point where people were saying, Boy, this is, this is further than we could have ever imagined. This is, this is man's best. But you know what? I was praying for even more. I was praying for God's best. I was praying for God's best. Because you, you know what? Man can take it a pretty good ways. Man can take it a pretty good ways. God can take it the, the, the rest of the way. God can take it the whole way. Now, I don't know if I'll ever see what I believe is God's best in this. Some would say, you saw God's best. But I don't know that I'll ever see it. But, but you know what? Paul is saying, having confidence in your obedience, I write to you knowing that you will do even more than I say. That, that Philemon will do even more than what Paul is asking in the way of receiving Onesimus back. You, you see, you see <laughs> forgiveness, forgiveness goes a whole lot further than we're willing to go. You know, how, you know how forgiveness works with us? You know how that works? I might forgive you, but I will never forget. Is that of God? Is that true forgiveness? Is that true forgiveness? You know what? And, and, and I sit here and I go, I go okay, where do we sit? Where, in, in, in where we are right now today... Am I in the place where I need to be forgiven? Or am I in the place that I need to forgive? And, and by the way, every single one of us needs to be forgiven. Okay, every single one of us needs to be forgiven. But it might be a situation in your life right now where there's somebody that you need to forgive. That you need to, you need to make a phone call, you need to make a text. A text is a bad way, I'm just going to tell you. Text is a bad way. But, but you need to communicate forgiveness to someone. Okay? And if you're the one that needs to be forgiven, then you take the first step. You take the first step in that. that that's not easy, but that's of God. That's of God that... That we would practice, that we would practice godly forgiveness. That we would practice something that only, that only believers, that only the Lord could understand. That only the Lord could understand. Because the only way to reach agape love is to be connected to Jesus. That's the only way to understand agape love. And it goes on. And he says, so, after, after saying all of that, he says, and by the way, but meanwhile, also prepare a guest room for me. For I trust that through your prayers, I shall be granted to you. 
In other words, I, I might be a prisoner right now, but it's not over with yet. So pray for me, pray for me, and prepare a place for me because I'm going to come and spend some time with you, my brother in Christ. And then it says, Epaphras, my fellow prisoner in Christ, Jesus greets you. So Epaphras is with him. Epaphras is with Paul. A fellow prisoner. A fellow prisoner. Now, who is Epaphras? Epaphras is that church planter. Epaphras is the church planter of the church in Colossae. Now, how could we say that Paul had any, had any impact or any effect in planting the church in Colossae if Paul didn't plant the church in Colossae? Because Epaphras did. Here's the thing. Paul shared Christ with Epaphras. Paul mentored Epaphras, probably in Ephesus. Probably in Ephesus was where that, was where that occurred. You remember, that was the place where Paul stayed for a good period of time. And he was discipling folks. And he was discipling folks. Do you understand that for a church planting movement to occur, for churches to be planted that plant churches that plant churches, do you understand that the original planter, that the original person that, that, that shares the vision will not be the one planting all the churches? There will be other people planting churches and planting churches and planting churches. You want a church planting movement that goes so far that you can't even see the other end of it. That you can't see the other end of it. And Epaphras went back to Colossae, planted this church after being taught, being brought to the Lord by Paul, being mentored by Paul, and then goes and plants a church. Do you see how Paul didn't plant the church, but yet he did plant the church? Do you understand that now? In other words, in other words, a church planter teaches other church planters. A church planter teaches other church planters so that planting just happens in place after place. And then look at the others that were with him. As do Mark, Aristarchus, Demas, Luke, my fellow laborers. There they are with him in Rome, with him in Rome while he was a prisoner. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. Amen. So folks, I go back. This is a story of forgiveness. This is a story, Philemon, you're a different man now. You're a different man now than you were before you came to Christ. You that are born-again believers... In the Lord Jesus Christ, you are different people because Jesus is in your life. Okay, you understand that? Zach, I think of you quite often. I think of you, and I think of the fact that you lead a lot of people. You have charge over a lot of people. When I got a feeling before it's over, you're going to have charge over a lot more. You need to write a book one day. Okay, but... I'm just saying that, I'm just saying that because you, yes, you are an army officer, okay? You are an army officer that's going to make a journey up, okay? And that's when more and more people will fall under your command. But here's the thing, you're a child of God. You're a born-again believer. You believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. I don't mean to point Zach out, but praise God that Zach and Sarah are here today. Um, back with us again, praise the Lord whether it be for a day or whether it be for more days. But anyway, I'm thankful for whatever I get. But anyway, but you know what? But you know what? He's a different man. He's a different man because Jesus is the Lord of his life. 
He's a different army officer because Jesus is the Lord of his life. Do you understand? Do you understand that we're different people? We're different people because Jesus is the Lord of our life. We may have, we may have um, leadership roles in our, in our jobs or whatever. What, whatever it is, we, if nothing else, we've got leadership roles in our home. And we ought to be different. We ought to be different dads and we ought to be different moms, shouldn't we? We ought to be different because Jesus is in our life. And again, you, you want to show this world? You want to show this world? And, and I tell you, I've even had it here in this church. I've even had it here in this church where, where a family got, they, they got at odds with one another. They got at odds with one another. You want to know how, you know, want to know how I knew? They didn't have to say a word. But when one, but when one, one sits right here and the other sits where Josh Walkman's sitting, I got a pretty good idea that something's up. Okay, I'm not the sharpest knife in the drawer, but I can figure it out. And, and, and the thing is, but, and, and you know what? Forgiveness is not easy. Forgiveness is not easy. But forgiveness is of God. Forgiveness is of God. And you want to you 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 tell the world who you are? You want to tell the world whose you are? You want, you want to let the world know? Handle your life in that way. Handle your life where Jesus has the reins. Where Jesus is in control, where forgiveness, where forgiveness is freely given. Is freely given because it was freely given to you. And you give it. And you give it in that way. And oh, by the way, when you mess up and you wrong somebody, then you ask them to forgive you. Then you ask them to forgive you. Praise the Lord for that one little for that one small book in the Bible. But you know what? God had a reason that that would become one of the 66 books of this Bible. It's because of the powerful message, of the powerful message that it had. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Dear most precious heavenly Father, Lord, we, we have so much to thank you for. And Lord, um, Lord, there are times... There are times when we find ourselves in conflict with others. There are times when, we, when others have done us, and, and, and Lord, it could be an unspeakable wrong. Lord, it could be things, it could be things that, Lord, I think about, I th- I think about you when, when, the, when, the, when the question was asked, who do I release to you, the people. Do I release Barabbas or do I release Jesus? Barabbas was a known criminal. Was a known criminal with a, with a known criminal past. And that's who the people asked for. And you who had done nothing wrong, you who had committed no sin, They shouted, crucify you. To crucify him, meaning you. And Lord, you allowed that to happen. You allowed that to happen so that our sin could be forgiven. Because that was the price that had to be paid for our sin. Lord, um,
the price, the price that you had to pay was too much. But the price that you paid was all that could be accepted. Was all that our Heavenly Father could accept. There had to be the shedding of your blood once and forever that our sin could be covered, that our sin could be forgiven. Lord, if there be someone in this place this morning who has never given their life to you, who has never given their heart to you, who has never said, yes, Lord. Lord, it's easy to do. and We have to realize our sin. We have to realize our need for your forgiveness of our sin. We need to turn from our sin. And Lord, we need to turn to you. So Lord, um, so Lord, I pray for every person in this, in this room. I pray, I pray for those that are in need of forgiveness. I pray for those who need to forgive someone. Lord, may it may it be, may it be in a way that no one will understand it as it occurs. But Lord, may it bring glory to your name. Lord, may it make you even more famous after the moment than you were before. The narrow path is a difficult path to follow. It requires of us things that we cannot do in and of ourselves. It requires us to totally, completely trust you. Our dependency on no one but you. So Lord, I just pray that you would take this time of invitation. I pray that you would do in the hearts and lives of your people what only you can do. And Lord, we'll give you the praise, the honor, the glory for who you are and all that you are doing. We love you and we praise you. You must precious and holy name. Amen. Let's stand together.